This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. Look at the hoodie. We got the swag. Look at that. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster. Normally, I start out the pod by asking you how you're doing, but this time around, I got to be a little honest. I feel because I, I got to get out some thank yous because I feel a little blessed. You know, we want to know how we want to know how you're doing, man. We're like, <laughs> well, that's I mean, it. I mean, that's what I was going to say, right? Like, I feel really blessed for all of the like nice messages and well wishes people sent me because obviously if you don't follow me on socials, I posted that I did actually get COVID and feel pretty um, recovered you know like it's it's behind me for sure and almost back to 100 but i just wanted to take a second and say thank you for all the messages i did see all the messages that the people sent out thank you mr webster we reached out we had a conversation over text for sure and i just wanted to say you know it, w- it was really rough for a while there but i'm doing a whole lot better we'll talk about it a little more at the very end don't really want to bring the pod down early with yeah, this talk, yeah. but I'm okay. Everything's all right. And I, but I just wanted to let people know that I did see all of the messages and I really, really, really appreciate it because I, I probably really needed the positive vibes in the moment as well. So thank you all for that. But let's of course start this pod on a high note as there's no way good way to segue into the absolute insanity that is the NBA and the reason why we do this podcast the reason that could get me back to doing podcasts again <laughs> Mr. no better reason no better reason to come back than this and Jeez. you would te- you texted me I think it was last night and you were like hey man like what do you think about next week I'm starting to feel better and I was like yeah man whatever but I think this hardened thing is gonna happen sooner rather than oh. later Oh, yeah. And then the deal went down. Thanks to Woj and Shams, of course, always there on top of it when it comes to anything in the NBA. So let's start with the actual deal. And the Nets get James Harden. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, your boy Karooks. You know I'm a Uh, Karooks guy. (laughs) I know you're a big Karooks guy. Uh, They also get three first rounders from Brooklyn. One first rounder from Milwaukee, which is actually from the Cavs, yeah. uh, and four first round pick swaps with the Brooklyn Nets. The Pacers <sighs> get Karis Levert, and then a second round pick, and the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So it's a four team like mega deal out of the blue. But what was your first reaction when you know you first saw the tweet or the first text came across your phone letting you know the James Harden deal was in fact done? Well, you know, and the listeners probably know that I'm a big Sixers fan. And obviously the Sixers were in the sweepstakes as well. And from what I had been reading the last couple of days, it looked like I mean, the ball was, I think Stephen A. Smith said this morning or yesterday that the ball was in Daryl Morey's court. And so I figured it was going to be Simmons, uh, Thibel, uh, and probably some picks, but that the yeah. Sixers didn't want to give up Maxi, who I don't know if you saw a I couple of days that. ago, dropped like 40 when the rest of the team had COVID. He looks amazing. And I, I've been a big fan since they drafted him. Um, and, and I think that was the sticking part of, of getting Philly the deal. And then mm-hmm. when 
I saw the haul that the Rockets got back with the four swaps and the four first round picks pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, I, the first thing that struck me was haven't the Nets been down this road before? No, I'm not doing I, that. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that. there's another huge deal that they gave up all these picks for and got back Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Yeah. And didn't really there's, do anything listen, with hold it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I understand what you're saying, right? And giving up three first rounders and like pick swaps, whatever. But like, no, 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 no. Pick swaps, not whatever. Pick swaps can hold be on, hold huge. On. Pick swaps when I have Kevin Durant and had uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving on my team. Sure. But they, like, but they may what? not have, they may not have all three of those guys after next year because who, who all cares? three of those guys have player options mm-hmm. at the end of the next year. And these are three guys who aren't necessarily the most loyal NBA players in the world. <laughs> you know? So here, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You're right. They might not be here until then. But these first round picks, right, that everyone is so coveted in getting when you're trading away great players, you have first round picks because you're trying to get players as good as James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You have those three dudes on your team right now. So run first round picks. Who cares? You you go all in. You do what you got to do and you try to win the chip and get there ASAP. Like you didn't but, put this team together, bringing in Kyrie and Katie. Remember, they already lost a year with those guys, as in yeah. last year. So now you're already like you're already behind the eight ball. You got to just go. And who cares about what picks you're giving up? And I don't like the comparison to the old Nets team. Like what, Kevin what do you Durant, mean? Kyrie Irving. Hold on, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden are all way better than anyone that was on that Nets team. Like. And even if you want to remove, like, just in terms of the trade, like them getting Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, we all, why was Boston getting rid of those guys? Because they were older in their career. I was going to say washed. They, they still had something left in the tank, but not okay. nearly enough. Like, they weren't in the prime of their careers. Have you seen the you size about- of James Harden? Did you watch James Harden last night in that game? He looked yes. like he had a pillow under his jersey, man. <laughs> Hold on. Forget Luka Doncic playing himself into shape during the season. Harden's going to need two seasons to play himself into shape. Oh, man. I could barely laugh without coughing. But here's the thing, man. You got to remember. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But you know what it is? We talked about this a couple pods ago. It's the angles, man. Got to hit the mangles. And the angles are just off. But also, we know that he's obviously wearing, like, multiple layers underneath them. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that Harden came into camp or into the season in the in top shape, right? Like in any that. shape other than round. <laughs> but someone someone online on Twitter said that he looks like he looks like a Hennessy bottle. <laughs> like, no, that's so wrong. <laughs> but, no, but okay. Hold on, so hold on. here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Harden is trying to get traded. Like, yeah. that's what he was trying to do. So, of course, he's just trying to, like, sabotage it to get traded. We know he's going to be fine. We know he's going to be a top five player in the league when he goes to play with KD. And we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. But, like, sorry, you're going to say something, though. I, I don't want to move on yet. I want to I want to get get your I still, just wanted your to say, early initial reactions. Yes. Yeah, so the thing was, as a fan of the Sixers, I saw it and I said, you know what? Uh, that's a lot of lot of loot to give up to get Harden. Harden may not be in the best shape, 
Maxi is a great young star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a good thing going in Philly, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I, I would have liked to have James Harden on the Sixers and they missed out on it. I had this part a little later on in our discussion, but I'm just going to do it here. I think the Sixers kind of messed up here. And I think the Rockets messed up here, right? Like I think they both, they both were kind of doing the dance with each other and we're trying to play chicken with each other and they both ended up losing because if i'm the rockets i'd much rather have ben simmons than one year which isn't even one year because we're 10 games into a 72 game season so 60 games of oladipo right because he's a free agent after this year yeah and then three first round picks and pick swaps like i'd much rather have ben simmons straight up even for james harden Right. Like I know they're getting greedy trying to get the picks, but I'd rather have Ben Simmons than the first round draft picks and Oladipo. And you mentioned earlier, like the talk that Maury was in the driver's seat. I forget who it was. So I, I don't mean to, to take the tweet from them. I think it was Shams or someone earlier today tweeted out the fact that uh, they really wanted Maxi and maybe even Thibold. And it's like, okay, now you're just negotiating again. Like, didn't you do this like two weeks ago? Like, how are you trying to negotiate again as a last stance in the media one more time? And it's just like, no, like, don't you realize it's not going to get, like, that's not going to do it. If they didn't want to give up a bunch of picks, they're then not going to give you their young talent as well to get James Harden. Like, take Ben Simmons. To me, I think both teams kind of messed up because I think the Sixers needed uh, to make this work so they could get James Harden and pair him with Embiid. And I also think the Rockets screwed up because this deal that they got is not better than Ben Simmons straight up for James. No, Harden. Yeah, I agree with you. And from what I heard, the Sixers were going to give up more than Simmons. The Sixers oh, were going to give up Simmons, Thibel and a first. Of course. And they didn't go with it. They went with all this pick swaps. And I differ with you. I think the pick swaps and the picks are going to be a big deal. Uh, yeah. especially because they're, you, you just don't know what's going to happen two, three years down the road. Mm-hmm. So for the Rockets to get all that, uh, to get all that haul is pretty good. It's a lot of first round picks and they are very valuable, but I agree with you. I, and not just because I wanted Harden on the Sixers, but wouldn't you rather take the established all-star? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a weird move. And I mean, it starts from the top, right? And we'll, we'll get to it in a bit, but I feel like they, they played their hand. They wanted a young star and they wanted picks. And mm-hmm. once they said that they didn't want to go back on it. So right. if you were getting Simmons, but not a bunch of picks, right. Which it I give Daryl Morey credit for that. Like he's like, you're either getting the picks or you're getting, or you're getting Ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Right. And, and Hey, that's, that was his price. I give him credit for that. Cause it's not like he has to make this deal either. No. It's not like the Sixers are in some like crazy place where, you know, I think the Nets they're struggling what's going or on anything. With, no, but what's going on with Kyrie? It's like, yeah. who knows what that could be, which we'll get to in a bit. But my reaction when I saw this was, yeah, that makes sense after what happened last night. Right. Like we're taping this Wednesday night. So Tuesday night, the Rockets get blown out by the Lakers. LeBron is literally <laughs> shooting jumpers, <laughs> turning <making> bets, <laughs> turning around, making bets with his teammates before the ball goes into the net. I, right? I had to like, I was watching it on TV. I had to rewind it and show my wife. I was like, now watch this. This is insane because like it left his hand and then he turned around like the disrespect and Straight people were saying disrespect. online today, it was like, that's the shot that ended the Rockets. I love it. Right. 
like he ended James Harden's time in Houston because <laughs> like the level of disrespect to just do that in an NBA game in an NBA regular season game is absolutely insane. And you mentioned how Harden was looking <laughs> pregame, but then also after getting blown out, the quotes coming out of that game where oh, Harden knew, said, That's why I knew it was going to happen today, man. The quotes. And then it seemed like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins wanted to beat up James Harden. <laughs> well, if we go through a bit of the quotes, he started with James Harden. You're right. He said, we're not even close, honestly, to that team, the defending champs, and all the elite teams out there. I mean, you can tell the difference in the last two games. That was the first quote. Then my guy's not done. He finishes it off, Webby, by saying, I love this city. I've literally done everything I can. This situation is crazy. I don't think it can be fixed. Then just said, thanks, got up, and left. <laughs> like After that happened right there, you're kind of like, oh, he's saying goodbye. He's saying I'm out. And you pointed out, obviously, the reactions from uh, both John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall said it's only been nine games come on man you can't jump off the cliff after nine games Boogie Cousins when asked about James Harden's comments he said well the disrespect started way before any interview and he went back he was talking about training camp and all that so it was apparent at that point James Harden can't come back in that locker room he didn't even go to practice this morning so you knew the trade was imminent right um <laughs> As insane as it was, I was shocked when I saw these numbers because I didn't realize it had gotten this bad in terms of Harden yeah. scored 20 points or less for the fourth straight game, which was his longest streak since the 2011-2012 season, which is his final year in Oklahoma City. Like, he was blatantly trying to quit. And that was my reaction. It was like, they had to do this deal. They had no choice. But if we move on, Webby, who won this trade? Well, other Four than my, involved, right? other than one of my fantasy basketball teams in which I uh, bid, like it's an auction league, and I think I okay. bid eighty something dollars for James Harden. So okay. my fantasy basketball team, because those numbers, they're gonna go up in in Brooklyn, okay? For because sure. they're especially right now with Kyrie not really being around for people are saying he pulled a Vince Carter Raptors fans will remember Vince was dropping like 16 a night before he got traded and we need to talk about this because does Houston retire James Harden's number Ooh, ooh. I mean I think so but I don't yeah. know That's I mean he question. won an MVP right yeah I mean I, I, he did he, he definitely got to did a conference more. championship they got to a no yeah, they got the conference final. Yeah, they, they got to the conference final. The Warriors. Yeah, um, I think so. He definitely did a lot more for Houston than Vince Carter did for Raptors. There you go. Uh, was the quitting as bad? I mean, quitting is quitting. Say, I think right. Like, I'll <laughs> tell you. I'll tell you. The Houston Rockets got a way better, bigger haul than than the Raptors. The got Williams, for Vince. the two Williams, the two Williams, Alonzo, and Alonzo Mourning, Mourning, and like. Picks that turn into Joey Graham. Oh, I don't even want to talk. About this. <laughs> right, Who won right. this trade? <laughs> That's hurting my feelings, man. Raptors. It's tough enough for Raptors fans as is without having to relive <laughs> the Vince Carter deal. My bad for bringing that up. But in terms of this four-team deal, who won the trade? So it's Brooklyn. They got the best player in the deal, and that's how you win these trades. If you get I the former MVP, if you get the guy who's probably the best scorer in the NBA, and you couple him with another one of the best scorers in the NBA, you won the trade. Again, no matter how many pick swaps you gave up, how many picks you gave up. But I still do think that those are could come back to haunt 
Brooklyn down the road. But again, you're not playing for down the road. You're playing for this year and to at least get to the NBA finals this year. This is one of the things where I'm reminded of, oh yeah, there's no fans. Cause I just think about how crazy that arena would be whenever James Harden, Kyrie and Katie are on the, like that would be insane in New York. How about absolutely how, insane? How about how crazy the crowd would have been in Houston last night? <laughs> I mean, it would have been, that would have been nuts. The just um, whether everybody would have walked out on mass or the booze raining down, it would have been incredible to see. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and of course I agree the the Rockets won the deal, but I do want to give a little shouts to the Cavs. Like if you look at it, the Cavs gave up Dante Exum, Milwaukee's first round pick, which I mean, it's Milwaukee. They'll be, that's like in the late twenties yeah. and you get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Like that's a pretty good win for the Cavs. Yeah. Smart, and who are starting to sink. jumping in. They, they started out really well, but they're starting to, to sink off now. I think they're like below the eighth seed, but Jared Allen's a nice piece and like makes a lot of sense with that team. So yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. And, and the nets, I know there's a lot of people talking about, you know, what do you get Kyrie or do you get James Harden? How's it going to, how's it going to work? Let's get to that point. What do you think of the nets now? Do you think they win the East? Well, I think uh, in our NBA season preview, I picked the Nets to win the East. Now, they've kind of gone through a weird stretch. Obviously, we're going to get to what's been happening with Kyrie. KD was out for a little while. Obviously, they're not going to kind of keep the gas, the pedal to the metal with him the whole season. Their team is still a little strange to me. Uh, They have a lot of players. Like, their roster is really big you know like not tall but like there's a lot of guys on that team um so i think obviously they're gonna need to kind of figure out how hard another big guy Uh, yeah Uh, they're gonna need to figure out how harden fits in with the offense with kd and then once Kyrie comes back if Kyrie comes back they're gonna have to figure out how that dynamic works but they definitely have the talent now do i think they're gonna win the east no i don't because oh. I think that the MVP of the league oh, plays about an hour and a half south of Brooklyn. And that team, like, we're, I, I don't know when you want to talk about it, but the Sixers have a deal to make. And there's a big name out there on a struggling team who hasn't been kicking his feet like Harden, but is ready to get traded and tweeted out, wow, when the trade went down today. And if the Sixers can make a move for Bradley Beal, then they're going to win the East. But right now I would say that, uh, no, the Nets won't win the East. I think the season's too short, too many moving parts, but it's going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to be in the mix. I I still think they'll win the East because I think the biggest part of this deal in terms of getting James Harden is it's your protection for whatever's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. Because you don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie and – I think this makes you Kyrie proof because KD and James Harden alone with the rest of this team, I still think is the best team in the Eastern conference. Now, if Kyrie comes back, which who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie will get there. But if Kyrie comes back and assuming all three of those guys are there, which I know is a big assumption, that's an insane lineup. And everyone's worried about if there's enough ball to go around. 
I think they're just going to run teams out of the gym. And the way that the NBA is played now, where it's just up and down, run and gun, jacking threes, like, I don't see how this isn't going to work, barring health and barring Kyrie actually coming back. This team is just going to run run people out of the gym. Now, they need to add a big, as mentioned, because they're only big right now. It's DeAndre Jordan and then Jeff Green off the yeah. bench. And so Joel Embiid to to, is licking his lips yeah, for a seven-game series against find, those two. Go try to find someone. Like, where's Tyson Chandler? I don't know. But, like, go try to find someone off the scrap yeah. heap is what I'm saying, right? So they got to do something there. Uh, they're starting lineup. Uh, what's my guy's name? Lawahu Cabo- yeah, Cabaret. TLC? that wrong. Yeah, TLC. TLC. I would probably start him and have Joe Harris come off the bench just because you need someone who's going to be my more guy. defensive-minded. My no, no, guy, no, But Joe I'm saying, like, if your starting lineup is Kyrie, James Harden, Joe Harris – KD and DeAndre, like who on your perimeter there is playing defense, right? <laughs> oh, so I would kind of like mix it up a little, have yeah. Shamit and have Joe Harris come off the bench, and that's some scoring coming off the bench, a little bit of pop there. Um, I just think this team, man, if they play and they play up and down and run and gun, they're gonna run a lot of teams out of the gym. This is a different NBA, and I yeah. and defense still matters. And when you get to the playoffs and you get to possessions and the possession will get tough, defense still matters. I'm not saying that. But in terms of getting through the regular season, this is perfect for James Harden. We've talked about this for from when these rumors first came up. This is a perfect fit for James Harden because when you look at his career and you talk about what was the biggest flaw so far in his career, he would kind of shrink in the biggest moments. Yeah. Right? Well, you don't have to worry about that. You got KD, who we've seen go toe-to-toe with LeBron in the finals. You got Kyrie, who hit one of the biggest shots ever in Game <laughs> 7 history. So James Harden can just fill in the blanks. And if we're talking about one of the best scorers in the league, just filling in the blanks, having his nights in the regular season, having his runs during the game, and then when it's closing time, just stand in the corner, hit open threes. That's insane. Yeah, but is That's James Harden? Yeah, I, I still think that there's some things I got to iron out as a unit. Well, I, I agree with you there, right? Like we're making—I'm making a lot of you know assumptions that yeah. James Harden's gonna be in shape in like a week or by the time the playoffs <laughs> roll around. I'm making the assumption that Kyrie, after whatever COVID protocols he gets hit with, right? Like he comes back and then he's just locked in for the rest of the season. Like I know those are massive assumptions, but the one thing that I've seen so far is that Kevin Durant is back, <laughs> right? Like he is yeah, really, 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 the other night. Yeah. And, and that will get you through that will save you a lot. So I'm just interested to see how it plays out. I still think they win the East. I think they have a really good shot to take down the Lakers in the finals. Like if that ended up being the matchup, uh, I don't know about that. I think it'd be, I think it'd be great, uh, man. I think it'd be great. Like this, that Lakers this is a team, massive, massive deal in the league. Like this is huge. That this Lakers is, team is so good. Well, the interesting part is that what we're learning from watching this Lakers team is they're so good and they're so connected in terms of, camaraderie people buy in well wouldn't again we've talked about this before too but wouldn't you buy in too if lebron james is your general like what yeah i mean i guess it does take a certain kind of personality but like look at schroeder who was basically his teammates wanted to kick his ass back in atlanta you know and he comes into this system completely buys in 
And like you say, now he's making bets with LeBron on the court about hitting hitting three-pointers. Like, he's become a good soldier. And all these guys on the Lakers are good soldiers. And you're seeing what a tight-knit unit can do. Like, man, that's that's going to be a tough team to beat. I don't care if you have James Harden or not. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for sure to see, but I'm just happy that the NBA still holds court as just like the craziest league in the world, right? Yeah. Like this this James Harden trade is big enough, and then there's still this whole Kyrie Irving thing on the side, which who knows what's gonna happen? Like Stephen A was on first take this morning talking about how he thinks Kyrie should retire because it doesn't appear that basketball is 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 the major priority for him right now. And it's just like, whoa. And, and it's funny, my buddy Nish and I, we were talking about it a couple of days ago. He's like, yo, I think Kyrie might be done. And, and who knows what's going to happen, right? I'm not going to be in, in, the, in the game of trying to predict what Kyrie Irving is going to do next because who knows? And he's such a like complex dude. But I hope he comes back because I just think, like, first off, I hope he's mentally okay, right? Like, we have no idea what's happening. Bro, and no the team idea. hasn't really said, yeah, the team hasn't really said, uh, Nash hasn't really said, Sean Marks hasn't really said. There was you know, a I wonder birthday what KD's party. Thinking. There's a birthday party for a family member. And then there was like a Zoom. Birthday, yeah. Then there was like a Zoom meeting that he was on there with uh, Miranda from Sex in the City. <laughs> It was like, uh, no, no, no. Um, (laughs) Yes, he was. That is correct. (laughs) That's amazing what you put it in that context, obviously, right? Um, But Kyrie, the thing thing with me and Kyrie, with my viewpoint of Kyrie, right? I just think that he's such a complex character that likes basketball, but he doesn't like all the other things that come along with being an NBA star. Right. right. When it's playoff time. Cool. When he's, you know, big games. Cool. He's into that. Doesn't really care for the meaningless regular season games. Doesn't like the long season. Doesn't like to talk to the media. And I'm not saying that's right. And I'm not even defending him. I'm just, you know, I, I like to try to figure, I like to try to understand where other people are coming from. It's not about me agreeing or disagreeing. It's just, Oh, where's this guy coming from? And I also think part of that is he just views everything differently, but thinks of himself as this like, revolutionary character and so you watched lebron and you watched how much lebron changed the game i think Kyrie, in his mind thinks you know there's a lot of things where yo well why do we have to talk to the media that he thinks he can change the game as well um it's just weird though right because like steve nash i can't even imagine what this is like for him (laughs) first time head coach right but Nash is a Nash has always been a different cat as well. Yeah. So I think it was Bomani. I was listening to the other day. He was talking about how, um, no, it wasn't Bomani. Who was it? Someone was talking about how, like, it's interesting because Steve Nash is kind of a guy where remember he, before this like social media and NBA players, like really stepping up, you got to remember Steve Nash came out and spoke out against the war. Right. Remember yeah. he had the t-shirt he was the only one presser. Yeah. And this was at a time when that stuff wasn't really happening. And, you know, there's, there wasn't social media to the extent that there is now to kind of blow up stories like that. And so Steve Nash on an angle would kind of get what Kyrie might be going through, because again, we don't really know what Kyrie's going through, but if there is a coach, the fact that he's not from the old school because it's his first year because like he doesn't have the norms of like 
let's say this was an old school coach like pop or whatever. That's just like, wait, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like he's going to be mad about it or upset about it, or maybe just find it very awkward in terms of what's going on. But I don't think because he's coming in brand new, he doesn't really have the fallback of like what it's supposed to be like as a coach, if that makes sense. This is still a crazy, crazy situation. And, you know, being out in videos at your, your sister's birthday party maskless in the middle of a pandemic might not be the best move. Right? Not a when great look. To, not a good look. Not a good look. Especially with everything that's been happening in the NBA too over the last like two, three weeks. I think I, want, that, I got a couple questions though, right? Like yeah. if, cause like, and I know this is weird and we're going to talk about me myself having COVID later on, but like, let's bypass that for a second here and let's play, do some hypotheticals here. Let's say we were the people who were like, hey, yeah, forget the pandemic. Let's go out and party. Okay. I'm throwing a party for my relative. Aren't I telling people to not take pictures of me and post them considering we all just saw what happened to James Harden last week? Like the the level of going out and not caring about the pandemic is not smart to begin with, but then add on the other level of you play in the NBA. There's massive protocols that you should be following you are in the spotlight right now and you're just going to be allowing people to have this party and take photos of you. That doesn't make sense to me at all. I I don't understand that. That's really confusing to me. I don't get it either. (laughs) It's just. Oh, yeah. So crazy. So crazy. Um, if we move on from the Kyrie thing, do you, I mean, I don't even want to talk about, do I think he's going to come back or not? Cause I have no idea. And I don't want to speculate on that because we yeah, don't who know what the actual issue, but we don't know what the actual issues are. Right. Right. And I think until we know that, I don't really want to speak on whether I think he's going to come back or not. Cause I think that's kind of unfair. Like if he comes back and he's talking about mental health issues and he really needed his family and he really needed all that, like, you know, I'm not trying to be the person that's on wax speaking into a microphone, dissing what Kyrie Irving's been doing. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? You just don't know. Yeah. So, we don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Hope he comes back. Hope everything's okay with him mentally and all that stuff. And basketball wise, man, KD and his big threes, man, that's kind of crazy. Kind of <laughs> crazy for sure. Um, there's something else though, Webby, that we talked about the other teams in the deal in terms of the, the Pacers and the Cavs, but who lost the deal? Cause to me of all the teams involved in all this, I think the Rockets lost this deal right like lost it more than the Cavs lost it more than the Pacers because I don't get this I need someone to answer me this question why did the Rockets trade Levert for one year of Oladipo Uh, I guess figuring that the change of scenery and playing with Wall and Boogie Cousins will convince him to stay but we know that's not always the case in the NBA and I completely agree with you if you trade one of the, you know, the best scorer in the NBA right now, you should be getting way more back in a player than Victor Oladipo for one year. For one year. Yeah, that makes no sense. And then you look at Levert's deal, and I'm not saying that, like, even if Oladipo is better than Levert, right? Even if he is, right? Which, cool, maybe he is. It's not that much. He's not, like, way better than Karis Levert at this stage of his career from what we've seen since he's come back. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like he's not like Victor Oladipo's not way better than Karis LeVert. Then you look at Karis LeVert's contract. He has three years left on his deal. And the most he makes is 19 mil. That's crazy. Didn't OG just sign for nine for like what? Yeah. 16 or something like Freddie signed for 20. Like what, what are we doing out here? Right. Like and, and they LeVert, basically, they gave him to the Pacers for one year Oladipo for basically nothing. It's a great deal for the Pacers as well. Like a great, great deal yeah. for the Pacers as well. So I don't know. I don't know. I think the Rockets really lost this deal. It's really weird. I love that the Pacers and Cavs jumped in and were able to solve problems within the bigger problem than what was going on with James Harden. I think that's really cool. But that leads to a lot of talk now about a team, namely the Toronto Raptors. And I'm going to start here because I'm going to say that we talk a lot on this podcast about receipts, right? Yes. Yeah. And the reason why we talk about receipts is because there's a lot of people that talk about basketball and there's a lot of people that give out opinions, but you never really hear. It's not about being right or wrong. That's not what I'm trying to, that's not what I'm trying to do. Cause I'll fully come out and say when I'm wrong, right? Like last year, I thought the raps would finish uh fifth, sixth, seventh or eighth in the Eastern conference. And they finished second. Yeah. Right, like I was wrong. Yeah, I'm okay same. with being wrong. So the the reason why I say that though is because I like people or I like listening to people that bring up the receipts right or wrong. And before the season started, we did a season preview where we both agreed that if the Raptors avoided the play-in tournament, meaning coming in sixth in the East. If they avoided the play-in tournament, that would be a massive success. And there are a lot of people that were like, honest, what are you talking about? You guys are crazy, blah, 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 blah. And yet here we are 10 games in. The Raptors are two and eight. You know where we are? We're uh, talking about moral victories and good losses. That's where we're at right now. Remember when we used to be there a couple of years ago? Remember oh. those days of good losses? Of, of moral victories of we can build off this. We're there again. We're there again. It's tough. It's a two and eight start and it's early on in the season. But again, there's only 72 games. So you can't. That's you it. Know, there's no time to mess around. We talked about the, all the reasons why it'd be tough this season. And it was deeper than just losing Serge and Marcus Gasol. We talked about you're playing all road games, which people didn't think would be that big of a deal. But then all of a sudden, oh, Wait, you mean all the fans in Tampa that are there are cheering for the other team and not the Toronto Raptors? It's like, you know, so many things that were going to make this season a lot more difficult for this team. And we're seeing that early on because let's be honest too, their schedule hasn't been difficult either, nope. right? It's not like they've had like a, this like really rough schedule. It's just, I, I wrote this here. Anyone watching this pod or anyone knows me knows that I'm a fan of Mr. Sean Carter. And the reason for the Raptors two and eight start is we don't believe you need more people. And by more people is they need more good players. We know Kyle is good. We know, despite the struggles at the end of last year and the start of this year, we know that Pascal is good. And we know that Fred's good, but after that, who do you really trust consistently on this team? And you're talking about three dudes. So even if nurse, Nurse says he has five guys, right? So you add in Norm and OG, OG. who are wildly inconsistent at the yep. offensive end. But even still, that's five people you trust for your whole rotation. Like that's tough. That means those five dudes gotta be like top players in the league. And 
the rap, like those guys just aren't those dudes, right? Like at, at this stage of his career, Kyle Lowry can't do that at a very high level every night. Pascal and Fred aren't ready yet to be taking on that much responsibility offensively and defensively night in night out as stars in this league. That's a lot to ask. They don't, they just don't have enough dudes. You have three dudes and, and let's be honest, Chris Boucher has been the fourth best Raptor a season. That was where that I was wrong. Happen. I was calling no, him the I'm mascot, but he's been really you good. You were doing that. Yes, you were. I, so my receipts say yeah. that. My yeah, receipts yeah. say that, and I've been really impressed. And then the other receipt that I have was that I thought Aaron Baines was going to be a great fit in this offense, and he's been Oof. disastrous. He's been pulling out the Sam Mitchell specials lately, the zero, 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 zeros lately, right? And it, it's, it's tough, right, because – there's so many different layers to what happened with the Raptors and Masai and company. They tried to play this where can we be good now? Can we maintain now and still go forward and, you know, try to get Giannis. And then if all else fails, okay, well, we're still in a good position right now. They tried it and it just hasn't worked out so far to me though. Are they as bad as two and eight? Are they going to be like right now they're tied with Detroit? Yes. Dwayne Casey's, Detroit Pistons for last in the entire league. Do I think that they're that bad? No, they're going to be back. They're going to find a way to get closer to, you know, the, the, the playoff race for sure. I definitely think that, but at the end of the day as well, they're, they have good players. Pascal's shown signs. I know he missed back-to-back buzzer beaters, but he's been playing a lot better, which is a positive sign. And I think at two and eight, you got to take moral victories before you get actual victories. It's sad. It's sad. But this is just where you are right now as a team. No? Like you're at two and eight. This is where you're at. This was an NBA championship team and the two seed in the East last year. And you're talking about moral victories. The, 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 The truth of this is, is that they haven't been good enough. They're blowing leads. They're getting up, and they don't have the t- testicular fortitude to close these games out. They're letting these teams back in. And whether that's talent or coaching or whatever, the it, it's got to stop. Otherwise, you're not going to get better. You well, know? Here's the thing, right? The, the, having the 10-point leads and blowing the 10-point leads, you just don't have enough people on your team to sustain enough good play to maintain a victory. That's all, that's all it is, right? Like the, the NBA, we all know two things, right? One, a 10-point lead isn't that big of a no. deal in this NBA as it was before, right? But again, as I said, you can be up 10, but when you got to be going to your bench and your wing position, you're looking at Stanley Johnson, Wantanabe mm. or whatever that dude's name is, like those dudes are getting serious minutes. You're, you're getting inconsistencies from, as mentioned, Norm and OG in terms of scoring. Terrence Davis and and Matt Thomas haven't been giving you consistency is either like you're going to take L's because you can't go a long stretch without having all three of Kyle, Fred and Pascal all on the court at the same time. So when you're not having all three of those guys on and you only have one of them, you give up leads. That's just what it is. You don't have enough people and it's tough, but that's the reality to me of where the, the Raptors are. And, Hey, I'm sticking to what I said before, right? Avoid the play in tournament would be a massive, massive success. And I think that, you know, they're not as bad as two and eight. They're not a last place team, but I'm going to be honest with you, Webby. 
I don't see him. I don't see him getting out of that play-in tournament. No, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to play in that play-in tournament. Here, here's my real. Here's my uh, admission to you and to our viewers here on Ball on Blast. After the Warriors game, which was a very tough loss, but before the next night's tough loss, I found myself that day on the YouTube's. Yeah, and I was watching. Uh, Cade Cunningham highlights. <laughs> yeah, Cade Cunningham, though, the real deal. Yo, he's nice, but I wouldn't be tanking for him. No. But, I, no. but the point of why I bring it up is I found myself looking at <laughs> YouTube clips of who are the top kids in the draft next year. And that to me was an admission that I was kind of like, uh oh, where is this season going? <laughs> this is where I was at. That's where I was at. Um, but yeah. Great season so far to the NBA season. It's been tough. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to have ball on and so much ball on every night. Obviously, we know they're going through a lot of tough COVID calls, which, you know, is interesting. And it's postponements, yeah, postponements and stuff to deal with. And, you know, it's been tough, but it's a reminder of the real life shit that's going on. And, you know, we close out the podcast every week. I said I was going to talk about this at the end of the pod and you know there's a lot of shit going on in the nba and there's a lot of shit obviously going on on this pod this is the first pod i've done in maybe three weeks or something i don't know i haven't really been keeping keeping a score there but um yeah i wanted to talk about it a little webby because you know having conversation with people people were wondering uh i had friends that asked me like why i posted that i had covid online and, you know, it was interesting because obviously I thought long and hard before I did it. It wasn't just like some random, like off the whim post or anything like that. But for me, it was important because I remembered having a lot of conversations, which I think a lot of people have with their friends or family members or whatever, where it would be like something to the effect of, oh, well, do you know anyone that actually got it? Right. And, and not even you know, in a negative sense where it's like, oh, this is fake or on some shit like that, but just the question, right? Like, oh, you actually know. And the reason is because we've kind of become desensitized to the whole thing in terms of staying at home, in terms of watching the news and seeing the numbers rise. And they're just numbers. Exactly, right? And so me putting it out was for, like, also on social, I was seeing so many people ahead of time, like before I got sick, posting stuff about you know the anti-mask uh the anti-mask like parades and shit people were having or protests i guess that's the right word i should use right and like seeing stuff like that and all this stuff on social media and for me i wanted to put out there that yo this is real and if there was a reminder of what kind of summed up 2020 it was a reminder that everyone is very selfish we don't really care about things until they affect us yeah And while I was taking this very seriously before, it was kind of a reminder to me, but also I wanted to give the reminder to other people that, yo, like, this is serious, man. And, 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 you know, we're involved in sports, me and you, we watch sports all the time and we see the numbers go up every day, as you were saying, but also we follow sports and every day it's this athlete tested positive or this athlete's out. And then they're playing like soon after we don't Mm -hmm. really hear a story about, yo, 
what happened to that person? How sick was this person? How tough was it or anything like that? We don't really get those messages. The only messages we see every day are like long-term care facilities or like, you know, people are dying, but it's all old people and all that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was very important just to be like, no, like this is a serious thing that is going on. And above all, not here to tell grown people to like, people are going to do whatever they're going to do. I'm not getting on a soapbox to tell people to wear a mask or whatever. Grown ass people are going to do what grown ass people are going to do. I'm just here to tell people that you don't want that smoke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like It's no joke. Might, it's no joke. You, you might think, okay, well, some people it's like the flu or yeah. you know, maybe you won't get that sick or whatever and all that. I'm just here to tell you, you don't want that smoke. Well, and, and, and you brought up a good point with the athletes that we follow and, you know, working in sports and everything. Like a, a lot of that is our window into what's going on with COVID. So you hear that Lamar Jackson had it or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Seth Curry had it and, these messages are so fully controlled by the league that of course the NBA or the NFL or major league baseball is going to tell you that Lamar was like, like you were saying, like bones hurt, like, you know, uh, muscle fatigue, how sick they were bedridden. They're not going to say that. They're just going to say he, uh, you know, he's He's following the COVID protocols. Uh, He's questionable for next week. Right. They're not going to give you the actual insight into how much of a struggle it is, how much it sucks, how painful it is, uh, you know, how sick you get. Like that's where you're going to get it from, you know, uh, your friends or like you, you know, sharing it with people that, you know, and letting them know that this is how it actually is. This is how it really is. It's not just a number on a screen that you see on the news. Mm -hmm. It's it's a real thing that real people have to deal with. Yeah, it's it's one of those things too, Webby, where it's like you look at what's going on, you hear about it all the time, but there's no real like I don't even want to say in-depth story to it. It's just like this person had it and then they're fine now. Like that's yeah. all we see in the public, right? Yeah. As you mentioned, sports, you know, how it affects our fantasy team, how it affects our football team, whatever. And then we move on to the next thing. I think maybe Miles Garrett is one of the few athletes I think he talked about how like serious some of his symptoms were that he had, but overall we're not really hearing those stories. And that's kind of how we end up in this place where we are now, where, you know, it's a second wave and things are shutting down again here in Ontario and people are getting fed up. People are getting frustrated, but it's because people aren't really as a society, we're not honest about the situation that's going on. As I mentioned, right. We just keep thinking of it as, because all we see on the news is, old people and long-term care facilities. We're not talking about all the other people that are getting it and what's going on. And it hit me the other day, right? It hit me the other day because I was like, okay, so we see all these massive numbers, but we never really talk about like who these people are. Like really, mm-hmm. like the full on breakdown of, well, what happens when people this age get it? Because I was in the hospital. I saw people who were there, who were my age, who were younger, all getting tested. And there's obviously a bunch of those people that have stories as well, but we're never going to hear the story of perfect example, Tuscaloosa, right? They just win big party, right? They're all in the streets as if Alabama's never won a championship recently, right? But if someone gets sick from that, right, and they catch COVID, we're not finding out about that. 
We're no. not hearing that story. That person's not telling that story. And contact tracing is a joke. And trust me, I'm telling you this because I got COVID and went through the process of what the contact tracing was. And I'm telling you it's a joke. So my point of why I bring it all up is it's real. And just know that just because not a lot of people are talking about it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And that's kind of the reason why I wanted to say it. Because we only just hear about the stories that are as mentioned, old people or people who are dying or grandparents or whatever, or a friend of a friend. And I kind of wanted to just remind people, no, 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 no. This shit is real. Take a pause, take a step back and just stay safe. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back, man. I'll tell you that. Appreciate you, my dude. Appreciate Absolutely. You, my dude. And as mentioned, I appreciate all the people that messaged us and, you know, just wanted to have kind of a serious conversation about that. Cause I didn't just want to one day just start, tweeting again about the nba without <laughs> talking about what's yeah. been going on so yeah any questions anyone ever ha has send me them you know hit us up on social media as you always do and i really do mean it i said it at the beginning thank you to all the people that reached out really appreciated the positive vibes and all the messages i saw them all i really appreciate it and thank you guys so much positive vibes were definitely needed and reciprocated so hopefully you enjoyed this uh, podcast again and we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program of talking ball and you know if you want to hit up mr webster and chirp him about not being able to get james harden on his squad where, where can the people find you my dude twitter and instagram same thing at a webster 84 hit me up hey and you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify soundcloud google play and of course youtube like and subscribe rate us on itunes all that fun stuff that's what helps this train keep moving as always you know it feels good to be back uh, my voice is kind of cracking but feels good to be back it really does happy to be back happy to be on the other side happy to just be back doing normal shit talking jokes yeah, again man. about the nba um we'll never take that shit for granted again i'll be honest about that that amongst other things and you know close the podcast same way i always did and it's funny because i always keep saying that you know it seems even more real and real and real all the time but I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Mm -hmm.